Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a Futurama podcast where today we are discussing season four, episode two, A Tale of Two Santas. I am Lindsay Wilson. Joining me as always is Alex Coons. Alex, Merry Xmas. Merry Xmas. I was going to say this like cannot be worse timing. We missed it by <laughs> like, like two or three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, it's January 20th. We're one month out from Xmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's fine. But uh, nope. We've never done a holiday spectacular other than Halloween. And I think that that has encouraged us when we did every Trioso 4 episode in one podcast or attempted to do that. I think that has discouraged us from doing any seasonal planning. Yes, I think so. I was messaging you this week that I found the spreadsheet of my Treehouse of Horror undertaking is what it's called. And <laughs> it is truly incomprehensible. Yeah, so, so no more of that. No more of that. Like, it was especially funny to look. I mean, this is not what we're here to do, but it was especially funny to look at some of the, like, new seasons where I have one that's like, (laughs) let's see. It's the degradation of your notes, like, slowly becoming more and more, like, short and disgruntled. One note (laughs) says, six-month waiting list to be a pig. (laughs) And, ugh, Jesus, free, Mo being Maggie, question mark, ugh. Wow. (laughs) I remember also, really. Sorry, I just found one more that says, "I like that Patty and Kodos get together." <laughs> <laughs> the biggest wow. positive of the episode. I really remember. I think you had probably found the various like Chrome plugins that let you speed up whatever video that you're watching. But I yes. remember not knowing that those existed, and so I was like trying to find the episodes on YouTube so I could like mm-hmm. play them at two speed on YouTube. But then they were like. You know, there was all sort of editing to try to get around YouTube copyright strikes. And so it was like, okay, this episode is playing at 2x speed. And then it's also like upside down half the time. But this is the preferred <laughs> and way. There's like walking. a weird buzzing and like the voices are <laughs> yeah. all slightly higher pitched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Intolerable. <laughs> yes. Alex, a few updates from last week. Please. First of all, I messaged you and said that N64 Corner was a full seven minutes long. <laughs> I really, I I mean, I guess I don't take issue, but it's rude of Jeremy to say that we are incredibly bored when talking about Futurama and then light <laughs> up during Invisalign Corner <laughs> and N64 Corner, which is like totally accurate, but quite, you know, quite, it's hard to podcast about a show that's just like, yeah, that was funny. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine and good. Yes, I actually did think while watching this episode, and we'll get there, but there is a scene where I was like, this reminds me a lot of Conker's Bad Fur Day, but <laughs> uh, just touching on the N64 thing. The other thing is that you had asked me last week if we're through the looking glass people was funny <laughs> universally or only for us. And I was like, I was very confident that it had universal appeal. And mm-hmm. I showed it to Cam and he did not get it. <laughs> I see. I showed it to Laura and she was like, I think she got it, but she couldn't really articulate what it was. So like I showed it to her and she's like, oh yeah, I get it. Like people know what the looking glass is. And, and I'm like, okay, so like, what does it mean? And she's like, oh, you know, it's like, this is crazy. This is weird. And it's it is like kind of that, but it's also like, like a conspiracy. conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Cam didn't get that either. And he also didn't think it was funny, but uh, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. All right. Well, good thing Cam's not on my work slack because uh, he wouldn't be <laughs> dropping the colon joy colon emote. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes forget that that doesn't work on like every platform. And so sometimes mm-hmm. I'll put that on like teams or whatever. And it's like, why did you put, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how was your week? My week was pretty good. Uh, not much happened. You seem much Watched healthier it. than last time we chatted. That's good. Yeah, I feel I feel slightly healthier. I saw 
one movie we saw origin last night which was very good very intense movie based on cast which is a book that i have not read but you you told me that you've read it Lindsay. yes very much enjoyed it i read it i think maybe like two years ago yeah i think at the end of the movie they said the movie is kind of about the writing of this book and the end of the movie said oh the book was published in like summer of 2020 so right yeah that would that would be yeah that sounds right i feel like i read it pretty soon after it came out Mm -hmm. yeah so i did that i don't know nothing nothing else but you made some very cute cupcakes Yes, had a very big day yesterday. I wanted cake and I have been trying to get better at decorating cakes. And so I made these cupcakes and was like, I'm going to make them look like lions. And I Mm -hmm. did. And they're sort of cute. I did all right. And I told you, you get an A and now you are released (laughs) from your academic obligations, which as... As I was saying that, I I was then thinking, oh, I should go find that scene from The Simpsons where Lisa evaluate rank me. Yes, exactly. And Marge rank just writes me. A on a piece of paper. That's exactly what I was thinking and assumed you were referencing. So yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm good, 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 and oh, so smart. <laughs> Such yeah. a great. I I was thinking about that, and I was just thinking how Simpsons is so good. That that's like a perfect scene, right? <laughs> yes, a perfect scene. Yes, too relatable. But yeah, so that was my big accomplishment for the day yesterday. <laughs> and like, I was complaining so much afterward about my body being sore. Like, I have such a like my like lily white hands and my, like <laughs> oh my god, aching just, back, like, my aching <laughs> back from like hunching over these cupcakes for three hours. I was just yeah. like, this is so embarrassing. Yeah, like truly should never tell anyone. And yet You're... here I am. Your farmhand parents just uh, shielding their eyes in shame of our daughter. Yeah, so now (laughs) I've revealed it to literally tens of people, so. Yeah. Devastating. All right, so Alex, A Tale of Two Santas. This is the third Xmas episode we have watched. What did we think Mm -hmm. of this one? I thought that this one was good. It was like a nice different spin on it, right? So we saw Xmas Story was the first one, which was, uh, I was just looking up the plot of that, and that is like fairly basic of basically just like setting up this idea of like the Santa robot has been misconfigured to evaluate everyone as naughty and, you know, is a a murderous robot. So that's like that first episode is a bit basic. And then the only other Xmas episode we saw was from the new season, which was like the time travel episode. Mm -hmm. Do you remember any details from that other than time travel? Like what's the, Uh... why are they time traveling? So Zoid, it's the Zoidberg and Bender combo, which I remember we enjoyed. So they mm-hmm. kill robot Santa by accident, I think. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. And so they're like trying to go back and stop him before he kills everybody. I'm like something. Right. And then there's the like, <laughs> I know what you did last summer yes, of it all. That's right. yes, I know you did last Xmas. That's right. That's what it was called, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I remember being uh, upset in that episode of them, like nerfing Santa of yes. uh, like, oh, Santa's supposed to be like this horrible menace and they just like kill him very easily. And I, like they screw up the time machine or something. And so they didn't actually kill him. Yeah, I, I don't remember the resolution to it. But so I like that this episode, Santa is a menace, like the episode mm-hmm. ends with, let's see. Yes, the episode ends with Santa like threatening Bender. The message is clear, play, play Santa again and I'll kill you next year. Like I like that they, you know, leave Santa as this menacing figure by the end of the episode. And yeah, the Bender of it is fun. Yeah, I don't know. What did, what did you think of it? Yeah, I really like this one. I, this is one of the ones that we've discussed my like weird MP3 clips. Uh, I had the little elf song. And oh, okay. I I, and I think I also had... 
I don't know. That farn's worth one. I'll, I'll get to it probably, but definitely I had the elf song and know it word for word at this point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. All of these Futurama songs are so interesting because it's like, I know yes. all the Simpsons ones by heart. And it's hard to, again, like evaluate whether these Futurama songs are good or if the Simpsons ones are just like nostalgia. And right. I find myself not loving the Futurama ones just because like I don't know them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned the end about how Santa is this big bad in the episode. So this is from Wikipedia that just said that executive producer David X. Cohen referred to this episode as Futurama's lost episode due to the hmm. delays in its broadcast. Uh, the Fox Network decided that the the episode was not appropriate for its 7 p.m. time slot due to the use of strong language and scenes of violence. Wow. So according to the DVD commentary, the only extreme violence is the scenes of destruction when Bender and Santa are terrorizing New York at the end. And so the episode was delayed for a year before being scheduled wow. for a later time slot on December 23rd, 2001. How quaint that like this was a major concern of like this episode can't be released because it's going to be shown at 7 p.m. rather than 8 p.m. Right? That's so weird. Also, 2001, that sounds wrong. That does sound wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. It says, yeah, it aired 2001. It says this in several places. How is that possible? I thought the show came out in like 2001. I see. Oh, oh no. Okay. Yeah, season, I think. yeah. Season one is December 19th, 1999. That's the first Xmas story episode. So, Still. yeah. I mean, I guess we're just a couple years after that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But we're in season four. Anyway, very strange. Yeah. Nothing makes sense with respect to the timeline of the show. So Yeah, I think one of my most toxic traits is <laughs> so as discussed, I don't really read. But always rather a movie. Rather a movie. But from Lost, good old Desmond wants to mm -hmm. read every Charles Dickens book except yes. for Little Dorrit. Our, our mutual friend. <laughs> what did you say? Little Dorrit, isn't that the one that he hasn't read? No, no, it's our mutual friend. What is Little Dorrit? <laughs> I thought that was the one he hasn't read. No, the Charles it's, Dickens uh, novel originally published between 1955 and 1957. No, 1955? That's when Charles Dickens was writing? 1855, did I say okay. 19? <laughs> yeah, you said 19. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're about to blow my mind of like... <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Charles Dickens writing post World War II novels. <laughs> I think I'm sure we've mentioned Little Dorrit on this podcast before. <laughs> that that sounds. I I have no idea what Little Dorrit is is about, but that sounds like the worst <laughs> Charles Dickens book. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um. Anyway, the the Desmond books are Turn of the Screw is the book that the orientation film is hidden behind. I don't think that's Charles Dickens, but that's one of the books I associate with Desmond. And then Our Mutual Friend is the one that he is saving. And it's like a very stupid thing where it's like, oh, I like always keep this book on me. So like if I'm dying, I'll like read it. And then and then all of right. I have the giggles about Little Dorrit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were laughing at Desmond's stupid plan to have that be the last book he ever reads. Anyways, my toxic trait is like, okay, I'm going to be like Desmond. And I'm going to read a bunch of Charles Dickens. And so like, I, re I never read, but I've read a fair amount of Charles Dickens. So I've read A Tale of Two Cities. And so I'm bringing this up because it is a, a Tale of Two Santas. And, and that's my story. I have not read A Tale of Two Cities. I have read a couple of other Charles Dickens ones, but not Little yeah. Dorrit and not this. I'm just looking <laughs> on the Lostpedia uh -huh. <laughs> fandom page. And one of the things it says is the character Naomi on the official Lost podcast. Her last name is Dorrit. <laughs> oh, wow. It's little Dorrit. Little Naomi Dorrit. Little Naomi Dorrit. <laughs> oh, incredible. 
So um, that was the last Is that corner. what you were giggling about with Little Dorrit? <laughs> just like, I think this time and the last time that we talked about it, I think just the way you say Little Dorrit, I'm just like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Incredible. All right. Shall we get into this episode? A tale of two Santas, not cities. Little Dorrit contains numerous subplots. One concern <laughs> Arthur Lemon's friends, a kind-hearted Meagles family who are upset that their daughter Pet, they name their daughter Pet, marries mm. artist Henry Gowan. Um, I think you should read this next. Yeah. The next book I read. <laughs> my one book for the year, Little Dorrit. <laughs> Little Dorrit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Uh, so this episode is performed entirely by sock puppets. Is that, is that what you had? Uh, yes, this episode performed entirely by Sock Puppets and the opening cartoon, Boop Corner. Boop, daddies. So I had forgotten that I've forgotten the name of this cat character that we talk about every week. <laughs> I, I put Bosco. Bosco. It is yes. Bosco. Okay. I thought I was just being George Costanza. Um, <laughs> well, that's exactly uh, what I was going to say. Just think George Costanza's password yeah. or whatever. Bosco is like grabbing the camera and like yelling into the camera. It's a, a little bit horrifying. Yes, I actually paid attention to it this time. Normally, I don't really look at it anymore. I just like I'm too busy writing stuff down about the, mm -hmm. the episode. But yes, I looked at it and it was quite unsettling when he's like screaming into it. <laughs> this is called Boxcar Blues. It is the fifth title in the Looney Tunes series. Ooh. Features Bosco and a pig who are traveling in a boxcar. And I believe the part where he's screaming is at one point the boxcar is like splitting in half. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And so there's a lot of the children here. Give the box yeah, children. this is like, it's so funny because like all these, the Chicharama episodes have like minimal plot descriptions and these Bosco cartoons have at least <laughs> as much information. And so I can't possibly go through it all. But yeah, there's like a picture of him screaming here while he's like holding the, trying to hold the box car together. Like Spider-Man 2, he's like holding the, I guess that's like a subway situation. Exactly. Yes. At one point, Bosco lengthens his neck, twists it into a winch Ooh. of sorts and uses it to haul the box car back together. My God. <laughs> Yes, yes. So were you a uh, boxcar children reader? Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah. An incredible, an incredible shout, Alex. Yes, I really loved the boxcar children. We read it, I think, in grade three, and I had to do a little mm. like a diorama for diorama rama. Oh, <laughs> that's fun. Yes, and I remember making it was, it was one of the kids named Violet. I think it was like Jesse Violet. Violet is a series of unfortunate ben. events, but maybe there's crossover. Mm, maybe what's the other kid's name jesse henry ben i, I was gonna say I, I remember loving these books but i you could not force me to recall a plot of any <laughs> any one of them i just remember one of them really likes violet things so maybe it's just jesse let's see mm. Mm. and characters henry jesse Wiki. violet and benny wow yes and so i made a little bedroom her favorite color is purple or violet wow not very creative violet but uh, yes, yeah, so I remember painting her little bedroom purple. Don't get me started on Violet. <laughs> Indi Violet's How did there. Indigo get in the list? I, this was another thing that I wanted, <laughs> you know? I was thinking of you yesterday when I was making those cupcakes because at one point I wanted to make green and I overdid it on the blue and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to add some yellow. Like, don't tell yeah. Alex. <laughs> Blow my mind. Yes, yes. Fortunately, I had that information close at hand that I knew how to correct my error <laughs> yeah. and make it more green. Yeah. Um, um, the boxcar children wiki is not very uh, complete. There's just pages mm -hmm. on those those main characters, and that that seems to be it. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like the first one. I don't remember reading more than that, but maybe I did. Just the first one was like very formative. Wow! Someone in 2012 
in uh, November of 2012 commented YOLO on this boxcar wiki page. That's <laughs> that's like an earlier early adopter of YOLO, I feel like. I think so, yeah. And yeah, I don't know why it's relevant for the boxcar children, but <laughs> fine. It, it might be like a, I was here first kind of thing, but I don't know. Mm. Anyways. Yes. All right. So that was Boxcar Corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. We open up on the episode. They are getting ready for Santa. Everybody's just decorating. We see a clip on the news of the Polar Bear Club <laughs> jumping into a river of liquid ammonia. And there yes, were no same. survivors. Very sad. <laughs> Linda on the news is like, takes all kinds. <laughs> are you? I feel like you're where you live now. There's like easy access to cold river swimming. Yes. And there is a very healthy polar bear club yes on new year's day becoming a part of your life absolutely not new year's day there is like a thing where a lot of people will go like jump in the atlantic ocean and it's terrible i have zero interest could not be less interested in doing that (laughs) yeah that's fair that's terrible yeah I tried to get my life together for like one week where it was like okay i'm gonna like stop looking at my phone so much and i'm gonna like not wake up 10 minutes before work and I'm going to like <laughs> sit in the sunlight, et cetera, et cetera. And like cold showers was a thing that was in that routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it lasted for like two days. And it was like, no, like this is truly horrible. could not be less supportive of this idea. Like yeah, all yeah. these people who are like, yeah, just like turn the water on cold. Like, why? Why do I want to do this terrible thing to myself? <laughs> and everyone's like, it oh, it's I... like gets the brain going like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I will have to say that it did wake me up and I was mm-hmm. probably more alert for, you know, like if I was a crazy, like, oh, got to maximize productivity at every moment of the day, uh, mm-hmm. like kind of person, I could see the benefits of that because it does wake you up. And I imagine I was more productive for the start. Like of the if day. I also wanted to be awoken in a horrible way, I could have someone just <laughs> yeah. like, scream at me. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Yeah, I could just be like startled awake in some horrible fashion. Like, I don't think so. Happened for, I think I did like one and a half cold showers. And then I was like, I, I'm going to return to my life of, uh, of looking at my phone too much. Yeah, yeah. Nightmarish. I remember even like there was a time where it was like, oh, if you just like have a normal shower and at the very end you put it on oh, for like 10 seconds and make it freezing. It's like great for your hair. And I was like, no, I refuse. <laughs> like it, even if you're just like in the shower and someone like you're in like an old shower where someone flushes the toilet and it zaps you yeah. with cold water. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Anyway, it's yeah. fine. Okay. Don't mess with Lindsay showers. It's a sacred no, space. I don't want to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, so the head of Walter Cronkite is part of the Xmas <laughs> Safety Council, and yeah. I do like him being like super intense where he's like, seasons, warnings, everyone. <laughs> yeah, he talks about last year's gingerbread massacre. Yeah, freshly baked into our minds. Say goodbye yes. to your pets and lock your children in the closet. <laughs> very intense. Yes, very good. And so the professor is yelling at everyone, like, cover that fireplace, confound you, and every year we're doomed. Yeah, they're uh, kind of like bolting down the entire office. I like that they put like wooden planks over the TV and Fry says, I'm getting tired of this wood show. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he has covered the entire building in bulletproof shutters and yeah. like, bring it on, Santa. And then he says, like, everyone will be fine as long as we don't leave. And on a related note, you are delivering letters directly to Santa. 
Yeah, the the Fry TV joke is a little similar to uh, 200 channels and nothing but cats. Yes. Uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> looking at something that's not a TV and thinking it's a TV. Mm-hmm. That's nothing but cats. Yes, they're heading to his death fortress on Neptune. And we get like <laughs> little bits of letters from the children where they're like, oh, please don't bring me any presents. Like the bicycle you fired at me really tore up my insides. And Yeah, please bring me a coffin for grandpa. You choked him with a chestnut last year and he's beginning to smell <laughs> a lot like Xmas. Yes, exactly. And so Fry is like, oh my God, Xmas is supposed to bring people together and not blow them apart. And he decides that certainly they will be the ones who will do it. It's time to sit in Santa's lap and hard. Yes, yes. I think that's Leela. But yeah, so they go to Neptune and they meet the elves. They're all these little Neptunians who are like all in pairs. They all just hold hands all the time. Yeah. Did you ever do you have any iconic meeting Santa stories from a child? Did your parents ever take you to the mall and sit on Santa's lap? That kind of I have stuff? zero memories of ever meeting Santa. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if I just never went or if it was profoundly unmemorable, but I have zero photos or memories of that (laughs) i have no memories but there's a you know family lore story of me going to see santa and being i guess very shy or very scared and you know he has oh what do you want for christmas and i like terrifyingly whisper to him bernstein bears in the bad dream which was a (laughs) bernstein bears book (laughs) and like santa like couldn't hear what i said and so it has to just like yes and me of just like oh okay like (laughs) That's such a wholesome thing to ask for. Yeah, <laughs> Bernstein. My uh, my ne- my nephew now uh, uh, is reading Bernstein Bears, and his favorite, or the only one that he reads, is Bernstein Bears in the spooky spooky old tree. And he says <laughs> "spooky old tree" in a very cute toddler way, and it's, it's <laughs> quite charming, adorable. Huh? That's so funny. I was a big Bernstein Bears kid as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like you're on the other side of the Mandela effect of yeah, Stein. yeah, yeah. Uh, came from How different universes. I say Bernstein. Bernstein. I guess you I say Berenstein. Berenstein. Yeah. How do they spell it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah. Oh, it's Berenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. I thought that's funny because again, Mandela effect wise, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's not E I, it's I E or something. I was mm. like, I have it wrong, but the A, hey, God, that there's really, really big Mandela effect on that one. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Did you ever watch the little, they had like movies? Like cartoons? I think so. I uh, The Bernstein Bears and the Bad Dream came with two little like figures of the bears. And I think that they were like the, you know, the cartoon accurate figures of the, of the bears. So I think, I think in some, some sense I watched some of that, but not a ton. Yeah. How did we get onto this? Oh, what you wanted for Christmas. If you, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what did that have to do with the elves? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes, your parents, did your pa- parents propagate the Santa lie? Like, or were they like anti- anti-Santa anti growing up? Yeah, no, they definitely propagated the lie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. We've had lots of conversations about whether we would have that lie in our household. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, it's interesting. My sister is doing it, which is, I think, probably the most common thing of people just like yeah whatever we'll do it and i think yeah you're probably kind of like screwed where it's like well all their friends are gonna like have this thing and hard to like you can't tell your kid that he's not real because then he'll tell the other parent uh, the other kids and then that will cause a whole scene so i don't know seems like your hands are tied yeah (laughs) much like the elves to do it (laughs) right Uh, yes the elves are or Neptunians. I don't know. I'm just going to call them elves. It's fine. Mm-hmm. They say the elves later. They're in very dire straits where all of them are like, if you punch me for a dollar, like, do you want to buy my kidney? <laughs> and they're, they're not elves, but they're shrimpy because he doesn't feed us. 
Yeah, they're like almost scammers. Like the the one that's like let you punch me for a dollar, like claims that he has been punched and like demands a dollar. And, and he like takes Fry's like... hand and like smacks it against himself. Yeah. So yeah, kind of yeah, very desperate situation and kind of on artists to try to get out of their bad situation. Yes, there's one pair that they are each holding a baby and the babies are also holding hands and they're like, we're so hungry. It's like, but you live in a gingerbread house. And they say it's food or shelter, not both. Yeah. The holding hands is a little bit weird. Like that's never really explained. It's never explained. Right. It's not also never addressed. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. how they are. Yeah. 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 So everyone gets excited when there is mention of toys and then they're like, no, we don't actually have to make toys because Santa judges everyone as naughty. And they're like, okay, well, we need to get in there. So somebody help me inside. Yes, uh, they yeah, so they they also are going to Santa's ice fortress, which kind of shades of frozen here of Elsa's yes. let it go castle. Yes, her um, ice fortress. Has a similar vibe here. Yes. Ice fortress of death. <laughs> right. Yes. So yeah, so Santa is going over his list. He's judging everyone as naughty as expected. He's like watching footage of mobsters beating a shopkeeper and then the shopkeeper isn't paying them protection money and he's exactly <laughs> as naughty. So everyone's naughty on Santa's list. Yes. The one of the elves comes in and they're like, We're here to deliver the mail, which has Fry and Leland Bender inside. And he's like, Don't you ever knock? Who knows what naughty things I could be watching? <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Santa. Yeah, I get New Orleans on this thing. So another <laughs> shot at New Orleans. <laughs> I, I that's exactly what I thought as well. I knew you'd be thinking the same thing of uh, mm -hmm. um, the Simpsons having to apologize for scandalizing New Orleans. Yes, <laughs> poor sensitive New Orleans. So Leela's like, okay, we should be able to destroy him with a logical paradox because Santa's a robot. And so Leela gets Bender to cover his ears, and she says, "You are programmed to destroy the naughty, but many of those you destroy are nice, and therefore I submit to you that you are naughty, and logically you must destroy yourself." And his head explodes, but then it comes back immediately because he has a paradox-absorbing crumple zone. <laughs> I just googled best paradoxes. Do you want to hear some of these? Yes, please. Okay, this one I'm going to read. This is like two paragraphs, so but it <laughs> might be fairly lengthy. This is number one. So this is 20 paradoxes that will boggle your mind. Number one, the paradox of Achilles and the tortoise. The paradox of Achilles and the tortoise is one of a number of theoretical discussions of movement put forward by Greek philosophers Zeno of Ela in the 5th century BCE. It begins with the great hero Achilles challenging a tortoise to a foot race. To keep things fair, he agrees to give the tortoise a head start, say 500 meters. Little tortoise in the hair. When the race begins, Achilles unsurprisingly starts to run at a speed much faster than the tortoise. So that by the time he reaches the 500 meter mark, the tortoise only walked 50 meters further than him. But by the time that Achilles has reached the 550 meter mark, the tortoise has walked another five meters. By the time that he reaches 555, the tortoise has walked another 0.5 meters, then 0.25, then 0.125, and so on. This process continues again and again over an infinite series of smaller and smaller distances, with the tortoise always moving forward while Achilles always plays catching up. Logically, this seems to prove that Achilles can never overtake the tortoise. When he reaches somewhere the tortoise has been, he will always have some distance still left to go no matter how small it might be i feel like they just like did not understand like velocity like yeah, position doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah like take the derivative of position or whatever it's like you're <laughs> you know you're gonna eventually catch up except of course we know intuitively he can overtake the tortoise the trick here is not to think of xeno's achilles paradox in terms of the distances and races but rather as an example of how a finite value can always be divided an infinite number of times no matter how small its divisions might become Sure. This isn't a paradox. This is nonsense. It's a it's like a math problem. It's a word problem. 
Yeah, I guess so. That's absurd. It's just like, okay, like Achilles just takes one more step, which is longer than the tortoise. <laughs> yeah. I always thought about, I I guess a similar paradox, it's not even a paradox, a similar situation that I always thought of was shockingly in the realm of sports, where if you commit a foul in football and you know, you're on defense and you commit a foul and on the offense and the offense is like within 10 yards of the goal line. You can't give them 10 yards because then they'll just like score a touchdown. And so you get half the distance to the goal. And so I always thought like, and I'm sure this is not a novel thought. And this is like many people have thought this before, but like, if you really want to be a scumbag, just do the most heinous fouls in the in the world again and again. And <laughs> you're just going to become infinitely closer to the goal line without ever actually <laughs> getting to the goal. <laughs> you know <laughs> but you wouldn't that wouldn't help you that would help the other team yeah but you're like running out the clock i mean you're like pounding on the quarterback's leg like you know <laughs> that'll help yeah i guess so <laughs> they'll never actually get there yeah yeah exactly just like achilles much like achilles and the stupid tortoise so. um, uh, should we have issued a paradox trigger warning for the audience before we read that achilles thing yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly any ai any of our uh, twitter followers that are listening to this podcast <laughs> be careful cover your google homes <laughs> yeah all right yes. i'll give you i'll give you another paradox at the end of the episode okay. but, uh, but that's enough for now okay that's good yes so they run away from santa because he is fine and he's just like shooting at them he fires this like missile thing at them leela throws it into the elevator and it propels their toboggan down the hill and this is the scene that reminded me of conquer's bed for a day there's like a scene mm. it's not doesn't involve snow but it does involve like going around all these lasers and stuff and you have to get to this castle while dodging zombies and you have to shoot at them and stuff and it's very hard okay. and it was always the scariest part of the game <laughs> okay i actually have not played conquer's i think we've talked about this before i know of it i know of the mature nature of it the like mm -hmm. peeing in the bathroom is something that i am aware of I like this scene. I like that when like the missile from Santa again, it like gets cut off in the elevator and then they're like just standing in the elevator with it and they run away, but are carrying the head of the <laughs> missile and they're like, wait, this is what we're running from. Uh -huh. Yes. Very good. Yes. And I like that they escape on a toboggan. It feels very wholesome. But yeah. So they jump back in the ship and they're not moving. And Layla's like, I don't know what's going on. Usually when I do stuff like this, the ship moves. <laughs> and it turns out that Santa's holding them in place. But then all the ice around him melts and he like freezes into the ground. Yeah. Neutralize Santa very easily. And I think Santa's just like forever screwed unless they come back and release him like they do in later in the episode. Yes, it seems that way. Or he, certainly for a very long time because he was yeah. quite encased in ice when they excavate him later. But yeah, so the Neptunian elves get are very excited. They can make toys again. And Fry's like, I'll deliver them. It's going to be great. And Vendor's like, no, a human could never do that. And they say, evil Knievel could. Yeah, right. Fry says he can de deliver billions and billions in one night. Vendor's like, no, you can't, but I could. And he wasn't built to Yuletide specifications, but he's going to try and <laughs> bow before you're a new Santa. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good Vendor. Yeah, yeah, very good. And this is where we have the song. And there's some good lines in there. We don't need to go through it all. But one of them I really like when they're like scolding them for their bad performance. And they're like, these toy soldiers are poorly painted and they're made from inferior wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, is this is this one that you would sing with Jeremy? Is this uh, a Jeremy uh, favorite? I don't remember singing it with Jeremy, but I feel like he probably knows the words. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these gorillas are okay. 
I think he, he would probably be familiar with that. <laughs> let us know, Jeremy. If we sang the song, I apologize. I feel like, uh, have you seen that gorilla product? It's like, it looks exactly like it. Uh, like the gorilla that they make in this episode. There's like this, I get it a lot on TikTok. It's like this very squishy gorilla that you drop from a high distance. And then it like, let me see what this is called. It, you'd like drop it from a high distance and then it just like looks all squished and silly when it lands. Gorilla. Squished. Gorilla toy. Toy. Mega stretchy squish. Where can I buy this rubber gorilla toy from all of those memes? <laughs> this guy. So this is, yeah, it's just this like very squishy gorilla toy that you drop <laughs> and then it gets all squished. And there's a, there's a lot of memes about it. Wow. Gorilla gets its face. And it, it really looks exactly like, exactly like what it looks like in this Futurama episode. <laughs> wow. Incredible. So yeah, so then they cut to Bender flying around. He's delivering the toys, but everyone assumes that it's still the evil Santa. And yeah, they just like are shooting at him. One family is like, take your suicide pills so you won't suffer. <laughs> yeah. And Bender's like, but I come bearing triominoes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I've got toys at various prices and he pulls out the triominoes, which are dominoes, but triangular. Uh, like triominoes. I, I love, is triominoes a thing? Yeah, it's a real game. It's actually really. Good. I assume I, like I assume that this was just a, a future Domino's joke of like this is how they innovated Domino's after a thousand years. I think I used to think that, and now that I've played it, I'm like, oh, it's just. I think it's just that. Like, who's playing Triominoes? <laughs> yeah, but it's better than Domino's. I like it better than Domino's. I think it's fun. Domino normal Domino's kind of sucks. So yeah, I agree. The Triominoes gives you more options. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one more option. Yeah, yes, exactly. And it's like numbers instead of dots. Anyway, it's fine. Mm. This is our first introduction of Kwanzaabad, who we talked about in our discussion really? of I Know What You Did Next Xmas, because it was Coolio's last performance uh, where he showed up as Kwanzaabad. Yeah. Kwanzaabad talks, talks to Bender here, and he's ha handing out the traditional Kwanzaa book titled What the Hell is Kwanzaa? <laughs> I've been giving this out for 647 years, and he sighs so sadly. <laughs> but yes, and I think we... We touched on this a bit when we talked about Kwanzaavat in the last episode, but very funny joke. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So we have back at the office, Leela is being like, all right, now remember, Professor Bender is Santa, so we don't need to hurt him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, I know I heard you. And then he just immediately shoots Bender. <laughs> yeah. Professor, like particularly senile in this episode. It's like no recall. Yeah. They, she says, don't you remember what I told you? And it just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Bender's like, all right, there has to be a better way of doing this. He's getting shot at by everyone. And he goes past a Toys for Tots bin. And it obviously he goes for the the obvious joke. He just throws it in the sewer instead. Yes. And the what does the sewer person say? The Barbie this, this creates an unrealistic an... beauty standard. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Bender gets arrested for being Santa. The Hanukkah zombie is still at large. And <laughs> they ask him how he pleads. And he says, I plead not Santa. Yes. Another court scene, we have Judge Whitey and then our favorite chicken lawyer. Uh, chicken <laughs> lawyer is really off his game this time. His worst <laughs> performance yet. Yes, but it really makes me laugh where he's talking to a little girl and he's like, I know it's scary, but there's no need to fear me. Like, <laughs> like sorry, I thought she was con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is a briefcase full of his like small, small children. And... Chicks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, and what he said, he's, he's sorry that he's disappointed them, basically, something like that. He, said, he asked the little girl, like, would you please point at, point at that robot? And she does. He's like, no further questions. <laughs> right. 
Uh, Bender also is going to cross-examine her and say, isn't it true that you've been paid for your testimony? <laughs> yes, you gave me a dollar and some candy, and yet you haven't said what I told you to say. How can any of us trust you? <laughs> yes, very unreliable source. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's see. And so Bender gets taken away. I found this line very funny where he's in jail and he's being walked to death row or whatever. And he says, when you see the robot devil, you tell him I'm coming. And then Bender just turns <laughs> to the robot devil. He's like, hey, that guy said he's like, I heard him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was good. Yeah, this whole death row is nice. Deactivated robot walking was funny. Yes, very good. And so Fry and Leela are like, all right, we have to go get the real Santa to exonerate Bender. And yeah, they cut out Santa and the ice around him immediately starts melting because the factory has caused a greenhouse effect. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I I forgot that this joke was in there. And when we were talking about Santa being trapped in the ice forever, I was going to say, except for Neptune climate change, but I guess they beat me to that joke later in the episode. Yes, indeed. Yes. It seems like it eventually would have melted, but it seems like it probably would have taken a while. Yeah. But that's why they're all wearing shorts now. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they're like, all right, we got to think of a way to save Bender or exmissively ruined, especially for Bender. And it turns out that Santa has snowed away on top of the ship. He's dreaming of a red Xmas. Yeah, it's very sinister. Yeah, there's like a bit of a chase scene. They're like running through the factory. They're on the treadmill. And then, yeah, they finally get away. But Santa has, has clung on. Yes, as we've been talking through this, I, like they say there's one instance of strong language in this episode, and I can't think of when it was. <laughs> I mean, uh, take your suicide pills, children, is yeah, really grim. <laughs> it seems like it's like it says one instance, which makes me think there's uh, a, a swear, but I can't think of what it was. Yeah. What the hell is Kwanzaa? Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Strong language. Is, yeah. Is hell a swear still? <laughs> that was, yeah, I don't know. Growing up, hell was like a, a naughty word for you, right? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we're over that as a society. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if a kid says it, you're still like, whoa. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Bender's in front of the executioner, which is a joke that I found very <laughs> funny where they say it kills you in the most humane manner in that it is not boring. And yes. it's based on a random number generator. And when it reaches zero, <laughs> you'll be executed. And I love this throughout this entire scene where the mayor slash executioner wearing the hood, he keeps being just like three, 12, negative eight. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to randomly hit zero. Um, mm -hmm. When I was a computer science teacher, there was this great video on sorting algorithms that would have like all of these, it was videos with these like stacked bars and it would show different sorting algorithms sorting these stacked bars. And there's like, there's a sound every time it sorts. And so all the sorting algorithms end up sounding a little bit different. And it's very compelling. And uh, my students would end up, would like it. Uh, but the video also shows quote, random sort, which is just sort the items in a random order. And if it's right, then you're done. And if it's not right, try a different random order, which, uh, of course, is a terrible sorting algorithm. But it reminded <laughs> me of this. And my kids always had a good kick out of random sort. <laughs> um, yeah, sorting I algorithm quite, story. quite a kick out of it here as well. <laughs> Where their plot apparently is just to be like, let's bring in a bunch of other Santas. And so Fry shows up dressed as Santa and he's like, I'm Santa. And the mayor goes, what? 27. And just keeps being like, what? Six. <laughs> and then Zoidberg comes in and says, and I'm his friend Jesus. And I think this image of Zoidberg as Jesus is quite like prominent on the internet, but I did not remember that it was from this episode. Yeah, I uh, I actually hadn't seen that on the internet, but it's like such a striking shot that I can, like it stuck out to me as like, oh, this is a you know, meme worthy clip of this like one second of Zoidberg and like light shining behind him and he has the Jesus hair and the Jesus beard and all that. 
Yes. If you were to look for like Futurama merch or like Zoidberg merch specifically, I think mm. that image comes up quite a bit. And I had no idea what it was from. So yeah. Yeah. They say like, you're not even robots. 91. How dare you lie in front of Jesus? Hey, zero. <laughs> and uh, Magnet starts pulling him apart. But then the real Santa shows up and starts shooting everyone. Yeah. Someone, someone says, this might be Bender says, get him, Jesus. I help those who help themselves. Yeah. It's good. Yes. And so Bender pleads with Santa, says, you saved my life. Please don't kill me. And the real Santa asks for Bender to help him save Xmas. Yes. Won't you join my slaying tonight? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he says, if I don't complete my brutal rampage, it just wouldn't be Xmas. And yeah, they go on a rampage. One of the scenes is that they shoot that kid with a bike again, which is very dark. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. That was the same kid. That's good. But yeah, this is the scene that I guess was too hot for 7 p.m. of mm. them like rampaging through the city. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And so Fry concludes that Xmas really does bring people together because they're all just like huddled together waiting out the rampage. Yes. And, the magic uh, of Xmas is that fear has brought them together. Yes. And the Kwanzaabot shows up again. He says the Hanukkah zombie is having a party, so they should all go. And that's where we get the scene that you mentioned at the beginning where Santa says, he gives him a gives Bender a present. There's nothing in it. And he says, but the message is clear. Play Santa again, and I'll kill you next year. So Very love cool. that Santa remains menacing. Hate to yes, see right. hate to see Santa become a you know very lame figure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Who won this episode, Alex? Winners of the episode, the elves. Maybe they like seem generally in a better place post Santa. Although I'm sure with Santa returning, they'll just like return to their malnourished and yes. horrible <laughs> state of living. They were temporary winners. I think maybe that little girl is the loser. <laughs> <laughs> the girl who gets hit by the bike twice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, grandpa that is beginning to smell a lot like Xmas being dead, of course, <laughs> automatic loser. Uh, yes. Yeah. Next week, this is going to be a poor version of guessing what the episode is about, but it's called Anthology of Interest 2. Oh, all right. That's very exciting. I love these episodes. Yeah. I No guess necessary. Another Anthology of Interest. I have no idea what the stories could possibly be about, but yeah, looking forward to that. Yes. So that'll be fun. Any final thoughts on the Tale of Two Santas? Let me give you one more paradox. I'll let you oh, choose yeah. from a couple. I've not read any of these, so we'll do it based on title alone. There's the potato paradox. That sounds good. Sounds pretty. Let's see. The interesting number paradox. That sounds very boring. <laughs> or Makes it let's, interesting. Let's see. The dichotomy paradox. Which one would you like? Give me the potato. Okay. Imagine a farmer has a sack containing 100 pounds of potatoes. The potatoes he discovers are comprised of 99% water and 1% solid. So he leaves them in the heat of the sun for a day to let the, that amount of water in them reduce to 98%. But when he returns to them the day after, he finds that his 100-pound sack now weighs just 50 pounds. How can this be true? Okay, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> if 99% of... This is another math problem. This is insane. It's all just well, math. If 99% yeah, of 100 pounds of potatoes is water, then the water must weigh 99 pounds. The 1% of solids must ultimately weigh just one pound, given the ratio of solids to liquids of 1 to 99. But if the... This is insane. First of all, is, the, is this true? Like... Okay, so percentage of things equals weight of things. Is that true? It's saying if 99% of of 100 yeah. pounds of potatoes is water, the water must weigh 99 pounds. I guess so. Yes. Um, okay, so 
given a ratio of solids to liquids of 1 to 99. But if the potatoes are allowed to dehydrate to 98% water, the solids must now account for 2% of the weight, a ratio of 2 to 98 or 1 to 49, even though the solids must still only weigh 1 pound. The water ultimately must now weigh 49 pounds, giving a total weight of 50 pounds despite just a 1% reduction of water uh, content, or must it. Although not a true paradox in the strictest <laughs> sense, this counterintuitive potato paradox is a famous example of what is known as the vertical paradox, in which a basic theory is taken to a logical but apparently absurd conclusion. Wow, not a true paradox indeed. These paradoxes are nonsense. Well, we are certainly not going to read the odd number paradoxes. That's also going to be just an interesting problem. number. <laughs> Here's another like velocity acceleration one. Imagine a Fletcher, i.e. an arrow marker, it has fired one of his arrows into the air. For the arrow to consider to be moving, it has to be continually repositioning itself from the place where it is now to any place where it currently isn't. However, it states that its trajectory, the arrow is actually not moving at all. Again, just like misunderstanding of velocity at any given instance <laughs> no, of no real duration. In other words, a snapshot of time. Yeah, this is like a derivative. Again, it's like, oh, you take the, the tangent line. During its flight, the arrow cannot move to somewhere it isn't because there's no time for it to do so. And it can't move to where it is now because it already is there. So for that instance in time, the arrow must be stationary. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Powerful time, stuff. <laughs> all time is comprised entirely of instances. My God. Uh, terrible <laughs> just terrible did anybody send us in any advice questions alex i feel like no we got no advice we did get an email from our good friend mark the man who was redoing his deck in the summer yeah. and who requested for us to continue doing old episodes right as we pivoted to new episodes so yes sorry for that mark but apparently he listened <laughs> to the new episodes at some point so great uh, <laughs> loyal listener so the deck is finished we expect a barbecue update come spring slash summer. Do you have a deck at your at your new home? We do. Yes, we actually have three decks. Oh my god! <laughs> one is like a large size, and then two little like balconies. One of which has a barbecue. There you go. All right. Futuramicon yeah. twenty twenty five on the deck. Uh, on <laughs> like all of our deck. listeners could comfortably yeah. fit on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, did Mark like the new episodes, or was he like, "I hated this"? Glad you're back. <laughs> oh. Uh, let's see. He said he was glad that we shouted him out. So in that sense, he enjoyed them. I'm sure he enjoyed the episode, <laughs> but everyone also always loves to shout out. So we'll continue to shout out anyone that writes into us, including the bots. We shout out the, the Twitter bots quite often. All the time. Um, <laughs> pot of tomorrow at gmail.com at pot of tomorrow on Twitter slash X. I think technically it, that should be destroyed. I don't think anyone followed us the past it's week. Probably almost time. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that'll happen. Lindsay, you recently podcasted about other things. True. Yeah. If people want to check out Bojack Horse Pod, we are back talking about wow. season three of Duke and Birdie. As of if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, the first episode back will be tomorrow. So I'll check that out if you want over on Bojack Horse Pod. It is very fun. It's very exciting. Any plans to interview the creator again? Do you think the creator is still listening to you? So here's the thing. So we talked to the creator of Bojack Horseman. One of the producers, I believe, was Lisa Hannawalt, and she is the creator of Tukin Birdie. I would love mm. to talk to her. I have not seen any interest from her, however. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Perhaps you need to bombard them on Twitter. I, was there any confirmation of that it actually worked, of that's how you got him to eventually like be in your orbit? Yeah. I don't think it worked. I think what worked was just the fact that we kept like on the episodes being like, he's not listening. And he was like, yes, I am. <laughs> I see. Okay. 
Maybe we should do that. If any Futurama person is listening to this, we bet you're not listening. <laughs> Let <laughs> us know at Pod of Tomorrow or yeah. whatever the email address is. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, with that, we'll see you next week for Anthology of Interest 2. Bye. Bye.